We will continue in Luke 19, reading this time verses 39 and 40. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Palm Sunday was an exciting day as we gather from these scriptures. It's still an exciting day, perhaps rivaling Easter and Christmas. The children are excited. We see them carrying these palm branches or replicates thereof. Grandparents are excited too, at least grandmothers. When Debbie got dressed today, she asked me if what you had on, you know how to look, which isn't uncommon, and it's not uncommon to say terrific. But uh, then she tried on something else, which isn't uncommon either. Uh, does it does it say Palm Sunday, or does it look is it right for Palm Sunday? And uh, we discussed it a little bit, and she went back to the first option. Um, and I said, oh yeah, that, that says Palm Sunday all over it. It's a little, little easier for men, granted, but what says Palm Sunday more than a dark suit and a white shirt? Tell me. But this, this scene was reminiscent of three decades earlier when the wise men came from the East and asked, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And that created quite a commotion there in Jerusalem. We read that Herod, who was the king, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So things were in an upheaval. Well, that passed, but now here we are again, and we read in Matthew's account how that when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the response was that this is Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet of Galilee. But that did nothing to satisfy, really, those who adored him or those who scorned him. When the chief priests, we read in Matthew again, and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And they asked the people, do not you hear what they say? There was a conflict. If this was the king of the Jews, that threatened their standing with the civic authorities, if you will, with Caesar. And if he was the son of David, he was claiming to be divinity. They, they objected that. Hearest thou what, what they say? Well, Jesus uh, had a response. Yea, have you not read, quoting from the eighth psalm, he was, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. So the people praised him. The Pharisees could not prevent the people from praising the Lord 
due to what they had seen, we heard read in the scripture reading, but also what many of them had experienced. When you experience Jesus, the spontaneous response is to praise him, and not just when you experience him to be saved, but for the rest of your life. These people were certainly uh, jubilant, The common people we read in the scriptures received him gladly. And for the most part, these were common people who expressed their jubilation by praising the Lord, by putting uh, their coats uh, down and palm branches down for him to be received into Jerusalem on this uh, Jericho road uh, as a king. By contrast, the religious leaders derided him and held him in contempt. They rejected him forcefully. There's still a contrast in the responses we see to Jesus, even the responses we see to the gospel. I'm remembering as a maybe a 10-year-old, I don't recall how old I, I was. We were not church people, but mom, mom had a, a heart, even though she didn't, had never heard of being saved and wasn't saved, uh, clearly. But she, she wanted to go to church. She often went to church, had two sisters who seemed to have a tendency to also be prone that way. But my dad wasn't, not a bit, nor was I. My siblings could otherwise speak for themselves, but uh, we didn't. We didn't go to church. But one one day, for some reason, maybe it was Easter, maybe it was Palm Sunday, uh, we went to church. Se- several of us. I'm sure I was. I was sitting by Dale, back there in the in that West Side Christian Church uh, sanctuary, and the minister. I still remember his name, Reverend Tom May. I remember him because afterward he came out to the farm trying to uh, recruit the family, perhaps my dad most of all, on a, on Saturdays when Reverend May was was coming or I was aware that he showed up. I went down to the river. I, I kind of hid from him. Uh, and, and let me be clear, the problem was not him. So you can deduce where the problem was. But as we as we sat in that service. I can't recall anything that happened except a man. I can still somewhat visualize him uh, seated uh, to my left. Uh, And as the uh, Reverend May delivered the message, every now and again, he would say, Amen. Otherwise, the church was, was stone quiet. And the preacher would preach again, and he would say, Amen, and praise the Lord. I asked my mom afterward what, what was wrong with that man. And her assessment was that this was probably only, what, 15 years after World War II, but her assessment, she said that, he, well, he must have been through the war or something. In other words, he was, he was damaged. Well, make no mistake, war does damage, but that wasn't his problem. Uh, he didn't have a problem. And I've wondered since then, what if that one singular voice would have been silent through that church? I wonder what the masonry in that church 
how it would have responded. And I wonder, furthermore, how would mother have explained that to me? Well, we heard the, the ladies' group in particular, but also the choir make, make, make reference that if, if we hold our peace, and this building is full of masonry, uh, that's been a, a hallmark of apostolic faith structures from the beginning uh, until now, masonry, because we had so many in the early church who were masons, stone masons, brick masons, who were converted, and uh, the work, not the structures, the work itself uh, was built on that foundation of these converts, these laborers. So we better not be silent. It'll be awkward. Well, the children gathered to adore him, but the Pharisees scorned him. What was the cause of the commotion? What, what, what was happening? We, we need not look too far back in the, in the Gospel according to St. Luke as he records uh, the events and really the cause of the commotion. We can uh, see in that crowd, if we use not very much imagination, Zacchaeus. Because Jesus had just come from Jericho on this Jericho road. And as he had come out of Jericho, there, there was Zacchaeus up in a tree. Zacchaeus was a sinner up in that tree. And everybody knew he was a sinner because uh, you might ask, how, how did they know? Well, he was a tax collector, and I'm supposing that he collected taxes from many of them, but, but they, they knew he was crooked. So they marveled, the Pharisees did, that Jesus had gone to the house of one who was such an obvious and blatant sinner. But before that day was over, salvation came to that house. Zacchaeus was saved. There was already a crowd who had assembled and was following Jesus as he went up, elevation-wise, toward uh, Jerusalem. And Zacchaeus uh, no, no doubt, he joined that throng and joined in the, the choruses. And not only half of my goods will I give to the poor, and if I've uh, taken any from by false accusation, I'll restore it fourfold. But mixed in there was an amen and a chorus of amens who heard him say that and a praise the Lord. So we can visualize easily Zacchaeus there. If we go back. Uh, further, as Jesus uh, approached uh, Jericho, we see ten lepers who were crying out afar off because that was required under the law that they be afar off. But one of those lepers was a Samaritan. He had two things against him. Uh, one was his ethnicity, if you will, and the other was obviously that he was a leper. But they cried out. The Lord uh, told them to go offer, make an offering uh, to, the, to the priest as he healed them. And this one turned back to glorify God. There was a praise be to God. From his heart it came out and he uh, began to uh, worship the Lord. We, we can see in our mind's eye that he was one of them, the leper who was a former leper. 
That was on the road. There was uh, the publican. Remember the, the Pharisee and the uh, publican who went up to the temple to pray. And the publican, he was very pious. And his piety prevented him from seeing himself as God saw him. A sinner. He was the sinner. The publican saw himself as God saw him. He was a sinner too. So the publican's arrogance got in the way of his relationship or having a relationship with God as he looked with scorn on this uh, publican who was disgusting to him. And he boasted of, of his virtues. But it was the publican who bowed his head and simply uh, cried, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And this man, Jesus said, went to his house justified rather than that arrogant uh, Pharisee. He was justified. His, his record was expunged. His sin was pardoned. He, w- he went his way rejoicing and perhaps joined in with the throng that was headed up for Passover to uh, Jerusalem, praising the Lord. Then as Jesus approached Jericho, on the other side of where we find Zacchaeus, who encountered Jesus as he left Jericho, there, were, there was by the wayside a blind beggar. And he cried out as he heard the commotion. What's going on? It's Jesus of Nazareth. And so he cried out with a loud voice, Jesus, thou son of David, he recognized uh, the Messiahship of the Son of God before the religious Pharisees did. And so he cried out with a loud voice, Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. What wilt thou that I do for you that I might receive my sight? And he did. He was, he was healed and immediately he received his sight and followed him glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. That's what happens. As uh, the gospel goes forward, it's still happening today. It it really is. People are still praying through uh, to uh, salvation here and there. Uh, These may be the gleaning times. But there's still times where uh, the mercy of God is extended and the Lord still calls for uh, sinners to come unto himself. And when they do, uh, they pray through. A lot of these were on this journey were those from Galilee. That's where uh, Jesus uh, called the fishermen and they, they responded. Uh, Peter's initial response was, uh, as he was out there on the Sea of Galilee, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. But as he knelt before the Lord, the Lord did something uh, for him. Uh, He was there, John, and uh, the others were there. There was that miracle at Cana of Galilee. I wonder if the governor of the feast was there. This would be now perhaps three years later. But people don't forget, when, when God answers prayer, when you witness uh, the majesty of God, it's not uh, something that uh, you soon forget. Well, we don't know, but we do know uh, that they, uh, the multitude was so great that it, 
it caused a, a commotion for sure. Well, stones do cry out. All of nature cries out. Uh, David saw that when he said, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Or spring break, we were with our family to uh, southwest Utah, where the, the sheer stone uh, rock mountains, the red uh, rock and the canyons, it's just, uh, you see the ma- majesty of God throughout. So the stones do cry out, if even if, as the ladies sang, they have no voice, but they speak. We used to make fun of my mother when she would look at the sunrises in the morning and the sunsets in the evening and stand out on our back deck and ooh and ah and marvel at how, how beautiful it was. That's God speaking. The heavens do declare the glory of God. David, he said, when I consider thy, thy heavens from this same eighth psalm, by the way, that Jesus quoted when he made reference to the fact that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Well, God has perfected praise in nature. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? And then that psalm concludes with, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. No wonder we praise the Lord. But unlike nature, which really has no choice, it speaks because it's there. We have a choice. You don't, have, you don't have to praise the Lord. You don't have to be saved. You can choose to even sit in gospel meetings. I just assume everyone who comes every week is, is saved. But I'm supposing there's a, a remote chance that one or two uh, may not be. God knows the heart. It's not what we claim. It's what we possess. We have a choice. Praise the Lord or don't praise the Lord. Be saved or don't be saved. Nature does not have that that choice, but praise to God and a gratitude to God is one thing that distinguishes or can distinguish a Christian between a non-Christian, although granted some who are not Christians Uh, appreciate God and give thanks to God. My mother did before she knew to be saved. But nevertheless, uh, the the spontaneous response from the heart of one uh, who has been saved is praise the Lord. Thanks be to God. We, We are aware that God holds our next breath in his hand. We, we've had some who, who I, I could name but won't, uh, who had COVID very seriously and they uh, were reminded that God held that next breath in their hand. Well, COVID or otherwise, it's true of all of us. So we praise God, praise God for this day. We praise God at the beginning of the day that we 
opened our eyes. We awoke in the morning. You know the alternative. Well, if you awake in heaven, that will be a praise God. So we may as well practice up. When we wake in the morning, praise be to God. Praise be to God, I I slept well. Or praise be to God, I slept some. Whatever it is, we praise the Lord. That's how we feel. That's what's within us. That's what God has done for us. We we do appreciate uh, that. It was a mark of the early church. It's the mark of the current day church. The early church, they continued daily with one accord. We read in Acts 2, 46 and 7, uh, breaking bread from house to house, eating uh, meat with gladness, paraphrasing some with singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Can you imagine if uh, the church was a grumbling people and uh, the unsaved came in the midst of the grumblers? Well, they might come grumbling and leave grumbling, I guess. I don't know what would happen. But if uh, if the sinner comes to a rejoicing people, uh, chances are they'll leave rejoicing. It's not forced. It comes from within. This outburst on this first Palm Sunday was spontaneous. They had experienced the Lord. Their lives were never going to be the same. And so they praised the Lord. It's what led to, in the darkest of times, Paul and Silas literally at midnight prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And at least the jailkeeper responded by getting saved. The psalmist says, And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all day long. And again, the psalmist said, that was Psalm 35, 28, this is 71, 14, uh, uh, I will hope continually and will yet praise thee. How much should you praise the Lord? More. I will praise thee more. And more, he said. It cannot be manufactured. It's either there or it's not. But one thing is sure, if you praise the Lord, we will not prevent you. They tried to prevent the praises on this first Palm Sunday. Well, on this Palm Sunday, could be the last Palm Sunday, by the way, there's nobody going to prevent you from praising the Lord. If you find yourself in an unsaved condition, what a perfect opportunity you have to drop to your knees and praise the Lord that you at least are ahead of that pious Pharisee and understand that you're in an unsaved condition and you need to be saved. The Lord will save you if you look heaven's way. We'll sing this song of invitation, but we encourage you to drop to your knees. Don't leave this place silent. You'll have to do a lot of explaining. Drop to your knees, look heaven's way, and God will answer prayer.